Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you for how you have been gracious and merciful and good to us. We thank you for the token of your love given to us in that you have given us life. We praise your name and we say, May all glory, honor, adoration be unto you now and forevermore. Lord, we ask for spiritual blessings this morning that as we go through the words of our devotion, you will bless us with spirit and life as we read your word. Lord, put your words in our mouth that we may speak words of life and blessings to all who would listen. May these words keep us abiding in Christ and help us to grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our High Calling, October 18 Let your light shine. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 To every soul born into Christ's kingdom is given a solemn charge. Let your light so shine before men that they, by seeing your good works, shall glorify your Father which is in heaven. Pour forth upon your neighbors the rich rays of light received from the Son of Righteousness. Flash upon your friends in the world the bright gems of light and truth imparted to you abundantly from the throne of God. This is trading upon the talents entrusted. Go on from light to a greater light, catching more and more the bright beams from the sun of righteousness and shine more and more unto the perfect day. Jesus does not bid the Christian to strive to shine, but just to let his light shine in clear and distinct rays to the world. Do not blanket your light. Do not sinfully withhold your light. Do not let the mist and fog and malaria of the world put out your light. Do not hide it under a bed or under a bushel, but set it on a candlestick that it may give light to all that are in the house. God bids you shine, penetrating the moral darkness of the world. Many do not know what is the matter with them. They want light and see no ray. They are calling for help and they hear no response. Shall doubt and unbelief be perpetuated because I do not gather the divine rays of light from Jesus Christ and let them shine forth to others? The deep struggles of my own soul against temptations, the earnest longings of my mind and heart to know God and Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and to have assurance, peace and rest in their love lead me to desire every day to be where the beams of the Son of Righteousness can shine upon me. 
without this experience i shall indeed meet with great loss and all with whom i associate will be affected by the loss of the light i ought to be receiving from the source of all light and comfort and to be flashing into their pathway shall i be indeed a light unto the world or a shadow of darkness amen the title of our devotion for today is let your light shine we have been looking from sometime in october talents talents we have been looking at the topic of talents how to use these talents we've talked about the talent of speech the talent of our time the talent of influence and other skills that you can acquire we've seen the man with the one talent and how that is represented by those who refuse to use what god has given them to bring glory to him and the lord is speaking to us today about letting our light shine for in letting your light shine that is how you use your talents to glorify god our key text is taken from the book of matthew chapter 5 verse 16 which says let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven it is in letting our light shine that we glorify god so what is represented by the term light when god says let your light shine light is represented by the word of god and his teachings letting the light shine means practicing that teaching for the world to see all the things you've been learning as you've been listening to the podcast as you've been studying your bible going to church as the holy spirit has been ministering to you the truth about what it means to be a child of god as you have been learning that you are to make changes in various areas of, a, of your life in your conversation the things you say with your mouth the things you believe what you watch what you hear how you dress where you go to and where you choose not to go to as you have been learning these things god is now saying to you let your light shine practice the teachings of the word of god that you have learned everywhere practice it don't hide it don't be ashamed of it let people know about it by you practicing it not just by you talking about it forcefully to people we are told here in our high calling page 297 paragraph 3 jesus did not bid the christian to strive to shine that is you are not to force your way into people's lives you are not to strive to shine you are to let the light shine for you to let it shine that means the light has come upon you and therefore you are to reflect it so to be very clear about what this light is let us read the book of proverbs chapter 6 reading from verse 20 it says my son keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them up about thy neck when thou goest it shall lead thee when thou sleepest it shall keep thee and when thou awakest it shall talk with thee verse 23 now says for the commandment is a lamp and the law is light and reproofs of instruction are the way of life again when we read the book of psalms 119 verse 105 it says thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a 
light unto my path. So light specifically refers to the word of God, the law and the commandments of God. That is the light. Let your light so shine. That is, let the teachings of the word of God, which you have learnt, which God has graciously given to you, this privilege of the light that you have, let it shine. That is, let others see it. Light dispels darkness, and this world is in darkness, thick darkness. And the light gets brighter as the darkness gets deeper. You can try it. If you put on a torch right now, and maybe during the daytime, as I am here in the daytime, and you put on the light, it is not so significant because the ray of the sun is already shining. But when the darkness comes, and then you put on that other light, maybe the torchlight, then you will see it in its glory. It will dispel the darkness. Now, as the world goes deeper and deeper into iniquity, farther and farther away from God, it doesn't become the child of God who God has graciously taught his word to join the world in becoming like them. The difference between us, between you, O child of God, who is listening to me, the difference between you and the world is supposed to be coming clearer and clearer as we go day by day. Because the world is getting worse and worse. That is why the Christian is now supposed to become more obvious and more obvious. We are not supposed to be someone that we see on the road and nobody can tell that you are a Christian. Immediately people see you, they are supposed to know your light is supposed to be shining because the world is in thick darkness. And because the world is in this darkness, your light is supposed to be shining more brighter. And what does this mean specifically? It means that you do not join the world in becoming what they are. So, back to what I was reading, our high calling, page 297, paragraph 3. Jesus does not bid the Christian to strive to shine, but just to let his light shine in clear and distinct rays to the world. Do not blanket your light. Do not sinfully withhold your light. Do not let the mist and fog and malaria of the world put out your light. Hmm. Reminds me of the book of Romans chapter 12, reading from verse 1 that says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Then verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. In another way, you can say, Do not allow the world to shape you into its mold. Don't let the world, like it says in our devotion, don't let the mist and the fog of the world put out your light. When there is a fog, when you have bright light, you can still see. But if your light is not bright enough, the mist and the fog of the world, which represents the iniquity prevailing in the world, which represents the transformation of the world farther and farther into darkness, into sin, it may put out your light and that means you change your views. Don't change your views. Don't let the world and what is happening around you make you start to get confused and you start to say, oh, I don't know what is right anymore and I don't know what is wrong. And you become blinded and you cannot see again. Don't let the attractions of the things of this world woo you and lure you to the point that you start to say, oh, right is wrong and wrong is right. 
The word of God says in the book of Isaiah chapter 5, reading from verse 20, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put sweets for bitter and bitter for sweet. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink, which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. Don't let yourself come to the point of apostasy where you start to call light darkness and darkness light and call evil good and good evil and reward the evil and justify the wicked and then punish the good. And that is what is happening in the world today. The good is being punished. Cancel culture is coming up. No one is allowed to speak against the evil going on. And if you dare speak, you are cancelled. People of, that are evil are being called good. And people that are good are being called evil. But don't let that put out your light. You are supposed to be a light to your neighbors and to everyone around you. We are not to hide our light. And many of us are ashamed. We try to hide the light. Don't strive to make it shine. Just be what you are supposed to be. Do not go anywhere and be ashamed of showing what you believe. And I'll give you practical examples. Your light has to do with your practices that you learn from the word of God. For example, we have studied about diet and how we are supposed to eat differently. We have studied about dress and how we are supposed to dress differently. We looked at that in September. We have also looked at what it means to be uh, to be recreated, not to join the amusements of the world. We've talked about the music, the movies, the cartoons, the places of pleasure. We have looked at all these things and you have received the light. Now you are to let that light shine. How? By practicing what you have learned. Dressing the way you are supposed to dress, eating the right things to eat. But guess what? When you are in your house alone, dressing the way you are supposed to dress, eating what you are supposed to eat, you are not watching the movies, you are not watching uh, the cartoons, listening to the music that is evil, you are not doing those things. Your light is shining, but not to the people. What we are told is let your light shine that they may see. Let your light shine that they may see, that your neighbors may see, that your friends may see, that your colleagues may see, that your church members who do not know what you know may see. Do not sinfully withhold the light you are told. Do not blanket it. Do not cover it under a bushel. What are you doing in your office and in your neighborhood? Are you afraid of letting the people ask you questions that you hide your food so that no one will see it because it doesn't have flesh in it or because you don't want them questioning and then you hide the food? Are you so ashamed that you don't want them to know what you believe in the dress? And then you make it shorter than what it's supposed to be. And you reveal some cleavage and some flesh here and there. Just because you don't want people to look at you as odd. Are you trying to join the world? Is that what you're trying to do? Ah, Jesus said that if you do that, anybody who loves the world is an enemy of God. James chapter 4 verse 4. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity against God? Therefore, whosoever will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Is that what you're trying to do to make yourself an enemy of God by making the dress shorter? 
are you trying to make it look as if you are just like the world and there's no difference between me and you just like peter tried to do when he saw that jesus was no longer in vogue it was no longer fashionable to identify yourself with him the day he was going to be crucified and peter denied him three times what did peter do that day to show that he was not of jesus the bible tells us that he when he was talking his words among the people it was clear that this man was a follower of christ and somebody accused him you are a follower of this man he said no i am not the second time he was accused he still denied jesus i would like to read the account from the book of john reading john chapter 18 from verse 15 it says and simon peter followed jesus and so did another disciple that disciple was known unto the high priest and went in with jesus into the palace of the high priest but peter stood at the door without then went out that other disciple which was known unto the high priest and spake unto her that kept the door and brought in peter then said the damsel that kept the door unto peter art not thou also one of this man's disciples he said i am not and the servants and officers stood there who made a fire of coals for it was cold and they warmed themselves and peter stood with them and warmed himself so here is peter standing before the world a time to show where you belong are you with jesus or not the first opportunity has come he was said are you are you a part of this man's disciples as he was about to be brought in he said no i am not he denied now going down to verse 25 it says and simon peter stood and warmed himself they said therefore unto him and not thou also one of his disciples he denied it and said i am not verse 26 one of the servants of the high priest being his kinsman whose ear peter cut off said did not i see thee in the garden with him peter then denied again and immediately the cock crew i would like to let you know in the book of matthew matthew's account reading there in chapter 26 that when peter was accused the third time he did something to make it sure and clear that he was not part of jesus here in the book of john they said you were in the garden with him people say they saw you you are a seventh-day adventist you are a christian they know you that you do this and that is what you people believe and you tell them no that's not what i believe in the book of matthew 26 reading from verse 23 it says there after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to peter surely we are sure that's what they are saying we are very sure you are one of them you are his disciple for your speech berated you that is the way you are talking shows that you are part of jesus verse 74 then he began to curse and to swear saying i know not the man wow and immediately the cock crew and peter remembered the word of jesus which said unto him before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice and he went out and wept bitterly wow i know not the man this is someone that has been with him three and a half years i know not the man and verily many of us say the same thing i know not the man when you eat foods you are not supposed to eat you say i know not the man when you dress the way you are not supposed to dress you are verily saying to the world i know not the man 
Many of us still say, I know not the man, when we join the world in the amusements, in the dancing and the clubbing. When you know better, not, I'm not talking of people who don't know any better. When you go for the wedding on Sabbath, when you go to those parties, take your children to the end of the year party. Halloween is around the corner. When you take your children for Halloween and allow them to do trick or treat, you say, verily, I know not the man. When you allow them to attend the festivals around you, you are saying, verily, I know not the man. Instead of you at that moment to say, I cannot join. And then the world will ask questions. Why is it that you are refusing to follow us to go naked to the beach? Why do you refuse to join us in watching the movies? Why do you refuse to join us to listen to the music? And then your light will shine brighter. And then you will explain to them the teachings in the word of God. I remember after a while I was studying about the health message and gradually changing my diet based on what I knew. At the time I was going for my youth service where the youths around the graduates will go be deployed to a particular place for some training and they have to serve the country and we were a group of youths in a particular area and the first time we came to the place we were deployed accommodation of course we just got a place but food you have to go to the market get something to eat the first time i joined them and everybody was buying their meat and fish and everybody's wondering because they don't know me yet but i'm with them and they are wondering ah, what is this guy going to eat well nobody of course knew anything and they bought what they would buy and i just bought some tomatoes because we didn't have any stove or anything i just bought some tomatoes nothing there i could see fruits or something i could buy that there were no fruits just tomatoes was what i bought and then we went back and they didn't see me eat and they were wondering ah, when are you going to eat and later they saw me eating raw tomatoes and everyone was shocked how can you eat tomatoes raw and they mocked and laughed and as for me it didn't faze me at all now what it led to is questions now i could easily say after that day i will not eat in their presence again but no at the time when all the, the youths in our area came together someone brought fruits for us to eat watermelon and they cut it and gave everyone and as i was eating everybody was eating the next thing i wanted to start and as i started everybody heard a noise it was the sound of eating of the rind of the watermelon. That's what we call the back of the watermelon. And they were all shocked again. Who is this? How come you're eating the back of watermelon? And everybody like, this guy is a weirdo. Where is this coming from? And I would just laugh. It doesn't make me ashamed. Because it is only through this that I can explain to you there is something called the health message. And the good thing about it was that after doing that, some of them looked so shocked. But one of them, when we went for our holidays, got sick. He had a real sickness. But when we came back, he told me, do you know what happened? That thing you did that day and what you told us about the plant-based diet when I got sick. I heard it one time on the radio. Somebody also was talking about the plant-based diet, how it is important to take these vegetables and fruits. Do you know that that was all I did when I was sick and I became better? I said, you see it? He said, he started asking me, give me, let me know all those things you eat. I want to know them all. Tell me so that I would also practice it. But he wouldn't have asked me this question if I had said I would not show or let my light shine. Normally, I would eat the back of the watermelon. I could have said, oh, because of them, I won't do it. Let me not startle them. But I still did it nonetheless. And everywhere I go, the same thing will happen. 
you bring your food to the office and your colleagues say i want to eat with you and they say oh come and eat and then you open it i'm already prepared for what is going to happen i open it oh come and eat and the next day look into the food there's no flesh and they're wondering what kind of food is it and they taste it it's no maggie in it and they're what what kind of food do you eat and some of them they're still tasting all right and then you start to have a discussion you are letting your light shine and they invite you for programs that you cannot go for. You don't tell lies. Tell them I cannot go. And when they ask you why, you tell them the real reason. That the word of God, as far as you have studied, you see that it is not right for you to go to such places. You don't tell lies and say, oh, I don't feel like going. Mm-mm. Tell the truth. If When you say you don't feel like going, you are blanketing the light. You are, you are, you are virtually silent, actually. And you are not letting the light shine. You have sinfully kept silent. You are withholding the light. You are even telling lies because that's not your reason. You are not being honest. Let your light shine is the instruction given to us. Don't hide it under a bushel. Reading from Messages to Young People, page 404, paragraph 3. It says, God's word places great stress upon the influence of association even on men and women. How much greater is its power on the developing mind and character of children and youth? You must understand that association is important. Reading still the same book from page 403, it says the example of Christ in linking himself with the interest of humanity should be followed by all who preach his word and by all who have received the gospel of his grace. We are not to renounce social communion. We should not seclude ourselves from others. In order to reach all classes, we must meet them where they are. They will seldom seek us of their own accord. Not alone from the pulpit are the hearts of men touched by divine truth. There is another field of labor, humbler it may be, but fully as promising. It is found in the home of the lowly, in the mansion of the great, at the hospitable board, and in gatherings for innocent social enjoyment. As disciples of Christ, we shall not mingle with the world from a mere love of pleasure to unite with them in folly. Such associations can result only in harm. We should never give sanction to sin by our words or our deeds, our silence or our presence. Wherever we go, we are to carry Jesus with us. And to reveal to others the preciousness of our Savior. I'll continue to read. Let me stop here. Don't give sanction to sin by your presence. What does that mean? I'll still give a practical example from my own life. So I'm in the home. Someone may be playing a movie that I know I can't watch this. You walk out. You don't stay there. The message is gotten. They know that you left there because you cannot participate in what is going on. You enter the staff room or, and your colleagues are discussing something that you know that is tingling the ear. It is not good. You walk out. You don't give sanction to sin by your presence. That's what it means. And if you are asked questions about it, you give your opinion from the word of God. Don't tell. Don't say something to make the people happy or just to avoid them questioning you or knowing what you believe so that they won't look at you as a weirdo or as a strange person. That's what some of us are doing. We don't want people to look at us as weird so we cover the light. We hide the light. We keep silent. But in doing that, you are just being like Peter denying Jesus saying, I know not the man. But Peter wept. Will you weep? Will you weep for yourself when you do that? 
It's better you don't even do it at all. Let your light shine. I'll continue the reading. Wherever we go, we are to carry Jesus with us and to reveal to others the preciousness of our Savior. But those who try to preserve their religion by hiding it within stone walls lose precious opportunities of doing good. Through the social relations, Christianity comes in contact with the world. Everyone who has received the divine illumination is to brighten the pathway of those who know not the light of life. We should all become witnesses for Jesus. Social power, sanctified by the grace of Christ, must be improved in winning souls to the Savior. Let the world see that we are not selfishly absorbed in our own interests, but that we desire others to share our blessings and privileges. Let them see that our religion does not make us unsympathetic or exacting. Let all who profess to have found Christ minister as he did for the benefit of men. We should never give the give to the world a false impression that Christians are gloomy, unhappy people. If our eyes are fixed on Jesus, we shall see a compassionate Redeemer and shall catch light from his countenance. Wherever his spirit reigns, there peace abides, and there will be joy also, for there is a calm, holy trust. Christ is pleased with his followers when they show that though human, they are partakers of the divine nature. They are not statues, but living men and women. Their hearts refreshed by the dews of divine grace, open and expand to the sun of righteousness. The light that shines upon them, they reflect upon others in works that are luminous with the love of Christ. Another way to let your light shine is by not being ashamed to talk about Jesus with your friends. Not being ashamed of introducing him when discussing with people. Reading Messages to Young People, page 224, paragraph 1. It says, The work of God is crippled and God is dishonored by the abuse of the talent of speech. Jealousy, evil surmising and selfishness are cherished in the heart and the words show the inward corruption. Evil thinking and evil speaking are indulged by many who claim who name the name of Christ. These seldom make mention of the goodness, mercy and love of God manifested in giving his son for the world. This he has done for us and should not our love and gratitude demand expression should we not strive to make our words a source of help and encouragement to one another in our christian experience if we truly love christ we shall glorify him by our words unbelievers are often convicted as they listen to pure words of praise and gratitude to god reading again messages to young people or you can get in the youth instructor may 4 1893 Messages to Young People, page 370, paragraph 3 says, If you truly belong to Christ, you will have opportunities for witnessing for Him. You will be invited to attend places of amusement. And then, it will be that you will have an opportunity to testify to your Lord. If you are true to Christ, then, you will not try to form excuses for your non-attendance, but will plainly and modestly declare that you are a child of God and your principles would not allow you to be in a place even for one occasion where you could not invite the presence 
of your Lord. Amen. Let your light shine. Don't cover it. Don't give excuses that are not true. Don't tell them, oh, I'm just going to be busy. Tell them that it's because the, the thing is on Sabbath. It's on the wedding. It's not, there's nothing wrong in attending the wedding. But because it's on the Sabbath, I cannot come. Don't tell, them, don't tell them I'm just busy. I can't come to the party. Tell them that I don't go for parties because it's against my principles and the word of God doesn't support it. It will cloud my mind. The music you play there, the, the purpose of the gathering to start with, I cannot be a part of it. With all due respect, I'm trying to preserve my mind and to perfect holiness in the fear of God and I cannot come down. Let them know why you eat what you eat. Don't hide your food. Dress the right way. Don't try to conform to the world. Speak kindly. Speak compassionately. Don't let people. Uh, don't let yourself get so worried about how people are going to see you and say, "Oh, this person is too is too soft," or "He's, he's a Jew man," like they will say. Speak the way Christ will speak, regardless of what people will say about you. Let your light shine. Don't cover it. Don't blanket it. Don't keep silent. Let people know. For that is the way you can be a blessing to them. Because if they don't see these examples, how can they know that there is something out there? You are not going to knock on on their doors, everyone's doors, and say to them, let's have a Bible study. You are the Bible study. Your life is the Bible study that they can see. And they will take note of you. Sometimes these people who mock you, you think they are just mocking you. It's just for that moment. Some of them are seriously contemplating. They are worried. They want to do what you do but they don't know how and they are trying secretly they may not tell you but they are trying secretly to copy what you are doing the way you eat the way you dress don't let anyone come to you as a devil asking you questions about how oh your dress is too long or oh it's too it's too good it's modest yes but you know you just have to conform sometimes don't look at that person and make a change there are others who you are inspiring to make a change the moment you make that change into the negative you discourage the others who could have been a blessing to you and and who you could have been a blessing to also in our reading the last paragraph of our devotion said something about that of staying where the light is it is important that we understand that we are supposed to be a blessing to all around us and if we refuse to stay where the light is on to make it shine we will lose the opportunity of being a blessing to others the deep struggles of my own soul against temptations the endless longings of my mind and heart to know God and Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, and to have assurance, peace, and rest in their love, lead me to desire every day to be where the beams of the Son of Righteousness can shine upon me. Without this experience, that is staying where the light can shine on you, because you can't let your light shine unless you are staying where it can shine upon you. Where can it shine upon you? Not in every place. There are churches you go to that the light is not shining there. Why then are you going there? You can't let your light shine and the light cannot shine upon you. In fact, darkness is upon you. There's no need to go there. Go where the light shines in your personal Bible study. Go around the brethren who are having that godly study that is improving you to become more and more like Jesus. That is where the light is shining. And without this experience of being where the light is shining, I shall indeed meet with great loss. And not just you. But all whom, all with whom you associate will be affected by the loss of the light that you ought to be receiving from the source of all light and comfort. 
and to be flashing in their pathway. And so the question is, would you be indeed a light to the world or a shadow of darkness? I pray that we all shall be a light to the world and dispel the darkness. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. I'll take the last paragraph where it says that the deep struggles of my own soul against temptation, the earnest longings of my mind and heart to know God and Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, and to have assurance, peace, and rest in their love lead me to desire every day led me to desire every day to be where the beams of the sun of righteousness can shine upon me so in the reading here we see that positioning placement is key i will stand upon my watch says the prophet and set me upon the tower and i will watch to see what he will say unto me so we have to place ourselves i need to place myself where the light falls i need to bring myself under alignment because of my desire to know my redeemer because i need assurance of peace and rest then the reading continues without this experience I shall indeed meet with great loss, and all with whom I associate will be affected by the laws of the light I ought to be receiving from the source of all light and comfort, and to be flashing into the, their pathway. Shall I be indeed a light unto the world, or a shadow of darkness? And there was a question, what a thought meet with a great loss the story was told of a man who was hired by the national maritime board his job was simple just keep the light on in the lighthouse and he was given a monthly supply of fuel to keep the generators running he started well slowly slowly he got distracted he would take some fuel and give to his friends who had parties. Some he gave for those who have cars without fuel. And he became quite famous and they loved him. But somewhere just past the middle of the month, the generator ran out of fuel in the night. The lighthouse became pitch black. As a result, the vessels that were coming in that night could not see that they had come past the docking point. They headed straight for the rocks. Many shipping vessels collided along the coastline. What a great loss it was when the light goes out. This loss that we have been told from this story of the sheep is nothing compared to the loss of a soul even our own souls. The moon has no light, we've been told, so the moon is placed where the rays of the sun shall shine upon it. Then the moon can reflect the same light at night. So every day, like the moon, we must place ourselves under the feet of Jesus, the Son of Righteousness, that we may arise to shine forth with the strength of 
that day of the strength of that light the reading also says that God bids us shine God bids you shine penetrating the moral darkness of the world can you see the moral darkness enveloping the world God speaking says to the prophet that the darkness shall cover the earth gross darkness the people evil that was done in the dark before because people were ashamed and now being done in full sight the conscience of men are seared with a hot iron she married women who were joined together in holy matrimony sacredly set aside only to be touched by her husband have become what Paul calls silly women play objects for Satan what about the men they cannot even stay at home even when they do their minds are not there if it is not the maid then it might be the workmate the neighbor or just anybody what about boys and girls who are burning with numberless passions See, all the problem of the world today is because we refuse to stay where the light will fall. Receive the light. But we know that the Lord shall arise. And how is he going to do this? He seeks for his sons and daughters who bear the vessels of the Lord to depart from immorality, depart from iniquity, from darkness, that he may impart light unto them. For this is the same light that was said that light has come into the world but men love darkness. So now we know that we are drawing sides we are being polarized here going towards the light or going towards darkness as the question is asked because the question shall I be indeed a light unto the world or a shadow of darkness see men are looking searching for light as for heed treasure calling out to the watchmen what and when is the light coming and so we see that by our lifestyle by our dress by what we eat we are either reflecting the light we receive from Christ or we are dispelling darkness to the world we are like signposts i'll read now the last quote from from splendor to shadows page 94 he says in the beginning god gave his law to mankind as a means of attaining happiness and eternal life satan's hope is to lead men and women to disobey this law his constant effort is to misrepresent it and belittle its importance his master stroke has been an attempt to change the law itself so as to lead men to violate its precepts while professing to obey it one writer has likened the attempt to change the law of god to an an ancient mischievous practice of turning in a wrong direction a signpost where two roads met the perplexity and hardship which these often caused was great A signpost was erected by God for those journeying through this world. One arm pointed out willing obedience to the Creator as the road to life, while the other indicated disobedience as the path to death. But in, in an evil hour for our race, 
the great enemy of all good, turned the signpost around, and multitudes have mistaken the way. So we see that men are grouping in darkness. And so God is calling for people to show the way to the city of God as it is and as it was in the, in the ancient times when the city of refuge had signposts that clearly pointed out where the runner who is escaping from the hands of the avenger of blood can see clearly where to run to for safety. And so today we are pointing the way to the city of refuge. And so my prayer is that we let our light shine by staying where the light will fall upon us, sitting at the feet of Jesus to learn of him, to receive of him this light that we may communicate it to the world. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father who art in heaven, we thank you for the thought that we may be of some use in the salvation of men as you try to bring men to the saving grace as you try to draw men's attention to the eternal realities that we may be light bearers who will reflect the light from the rays of the sun of righteousness the light from jesus although we thank you for that thought it is humbling that you have designed a way for us to escape this heritage of shame and reproach that the enemy is trying to bring upon us that we may escape this darkness and be light carriers into the world we thank you for the all the wonderful promises that we've just read in the writings today and we pray that as we have read them that you empower us keep us close to thy side that we may learn of thy ways this is our prayer to Christ our Lord amen